During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I am joined with an awesome crew. It's going to be a great episode because I have Paris Lilly rocking with me as always. Paris, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic, sir. How are you doing? I'm feeling good. You know, Paris, I, I was fighting the sickness off last week. I had you, Jeff Grubb, and Gary carry the show for me this <laughs> week. I get two new people to share the show from you because it's all about them. Of course, we have our friends over from the Rare team talking all things Sea of Thieves 2022. Executive producer Joe Neat and creative director Mike Chapman make their way back onto the show. Joe and Mike, what the heck is good? How are you today, you two? Very good. Very thank well. You. Very well. Thank you for having us again. Excited to, to chat about the exciting plans that we have for this year. I know, you know, Mike, last time you guys came on, you touted one of the biggest crossover events ever in video game history, and of course, Sea of Thieves history. Now you two are back to tout the biggest year of Sea of Thieves <laughs> right now. So we got some big things going on whenever you're in the building, but I'll quickly get through the rigmarole and then we can talk all things Sea of Thieves because of course, this is the kind of funny X cast. We post each and every Saturday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and of course on podcast services around the globe to keep it simple and short for all of you don't forget that we're now epic games partners so if you're going to buy games off the epic game store or if you're upgrading your look in fortnite and buying some v bucks please use our epic creator code at checkout kind of funny because it's no additional cost to you and you can support the team in a brand new way we'd like to thank our patreon producers for the month of january one final time a big thank you to all the best friends that support us over on Patreon. James Davis, Praise Portillo, Greg Miller's back and better than ever, Pranksky, Delaney Twinning, Tyler Ross, First Responder ND, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, James Hastings, and Casey Andrews. This week, the Kind of Funny X-Cast is sponsored by Purple Mattress and Babbel, but me and the team will tell you all about that a little bit later. Let's set the tone, guys. The team is back from Rare. Joe and Mike are here. Because guess what? We're celebrating a giant player milestone last year. Five million Steam sales set in the sale with one of the world's biggest crossover collabs all last year. But this year, you guys are here to talk to us and tell me that it's even bigger and better for 2022. So it's going to be a great time. Of course, Mike and Joe, let's set the scene. How are you both doing? What are we doing here in 2022 on the high seas together? Yeah. Well... Mike, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll kick off. But yeah, I, I think 
I'm doing very well. And uh, Mike, how are you, how are you this I'm, evening? I'm, I'm very well. I think I think last time, as you said, Mike, when we spoke, we were we just closed out a Pirates Life, the Pirates yes. Caribbean collaboration. So hopefully, we're looking uh, a bit more well rested after after finishing that <laughs> epic update. So I think I think we're we're feeling pretty good. Good. That's great to hear. And yes, we're coming after the holiday season, after the big year. You, me, and Greg and the gang got to celebrate a pirate's life. And now this time, we're talking about 2022 and really beyond. And it looks like it's going to be a big year for all of you. So I have me and Paris here to break it down and kind of ask you both questions. And hopefully we can get a deep dive into what we can expect. And it looks like a big thing we can expect is story, lore of the Sea of Thieves world. And that's a big thing you all are pushing right now. And some new playable content that we're going to see. And of course, we'll talk about the new season and some other stuff. But Let's focus on the two big words right now, which is adventures and mysteries inside of Sea of Thieves. So, Mike, I'll go to you first. Let's talk about adventures. Jump in. Give me a brief explanation. If people haven't seen the brand new 22-minute long, great video explaining what 2022 is all about. Give us a breakdown of what adventures is and what Sea of Thieves players can expect. Yeah, sure. There's a there's a lot to talk about. So adventures, like at their heart, are story-driven live events. So they're these cinematic experiences that immerse you in the Sea of Thieves world, get you to care about the fate of the world and the characters. And these adventures, there's one per month. Uh, they last around two weeks. But the really cool thing about them and the thing we're really excited about is they change the world. So the world itself will change. That stage of the world where the fog rolls in, as players may have seen in that cinematic trailer, um, it's really about putting you at the heart of the story. What's really interesting is that each adventure serves as a chapter in an ongoing narrative. So we're going to tell a grand story throughout 2022, and then it's delivered episodically throughout these monthly adventures. And I think like story is a huge part of Sea of Thieves, like whether it's a pirate's life last year or our tall tales or the tools that we give our players to create their own stories. You know, Sea of Thieves is a, is a pirate world of stories. And we've always believed that if we can immerse you in the world, get you to role play in that world, to care about the characters, even when you're creating your own stories, it's going to feel so much more meaningful because the world has meaning and it's a place that you want to escape to. So adventures um, really put you in the heart of the world and the heart of that storytelling. And then mysteries are a brand new kind of storytelling that we've never really tried before, which is, this is about providing these secret-filled quests where players get to work together as part of that community yeah. to solve them and unravel all of their secrets. So these mysteries will be, will be progressing dynamically um, based on players' actions. So yeah, like really, like 2022 is really about putting you at the heart of the story. Now, I'm excited about, about both of these, the fact that you're creating these adventures and you're creating these mysteries because they're promoting more player collaboration. But I kind of want to deep dive on that specific point a little more. So how is that going to work? Like as an example, with the mysteries where you're saying that it, you're, you're promoting this collaboration among players to unravel these, what, what, are, what are some of the examples of things that players are going to have to do in the world, you know, to work together to figure these things out? Yeah, so we definitely want to strike that balance of all of that kind of cerebral puzzle solving where players are almost speculating based on the clues that they've found. And the first mystery, just to kind of help frame all of this, really focuses mm -hmm. on a, a murder mystery 
in the Sea of Thieves. So players drawing up their list of subjects, uh, suspects, sorry, trying to find these clues in the world. And they'll do that through using the tools of Sea of Thieves. So using these various tools in the world, like lanterns and spyglasses to uncover um, the next phase of the mystery. But what's really different about mysteries is that the way they progress is not tied to where releases. We're going to progress them dynamically based on what players have found. So us watching, watching for discussion online, looking for that excitement based on the temperature of the community and what they've found and what they've discovered, that mystery will just progress and there'll be new clues to find. So it's really unfolding based on the actions of players, which is really new and different for us. But we've got the most perfect world for it. We've got a pirate world full of secrets and mysteries already. Um, and the thought of you know setting it around a murder mystery is really trying to capture players' imaginations and get them just invested right from the start. So I I, I, I don't want to stick on this too long because there's so many other things we could talk about, but I, but I am very fascinated by this. Yeah. So are, are you saying that because you're saying it's dynamic, so there's not a quote unquote time limit on this mystery. So if, if the community as a whole is just not figuring it out, it's not just going to go, OK, we didn't figure it out. Let's move on to the next thing. It would continue until they're due. And second part of that sounds like this collaboration isn't just happening in game. You're also promoting it outside. Seems like social media on forums and place like that for people, Reddit as an example, for people to kind of talk amongst each other to figure these things out. Yeah, yeah definitely. It, yeah. Go, on, go, on, go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, it's go kind on. of all in our control, right? Of, of yeah. So we can choose to move the mystery forward It like at the points that, like whether it's because there's an overwhelming kind of buzz around it and people have figured things out, or maybe we want to give it a nudge, or maybe we want to release an extra clue to give it a nudge on, ah, okay. you know, on, on kind of outside of the game. There's loads of controls yeah. that we can have. And so that's why it's kind of so interesting to us. We're like almost the little, the little dungeon masters, right? That yeah. to deploy the, deploy it and play with it and, and kind of see how it's playing. Um, I think, and that's yeah. why I think it's so interesting. Um, yeah. and it's very different for us, yeah. right? In yeah, terms oh, totally. of, yeah. You finish, you finish the next experience or the next piece of content, it goes into the next build as part of our live service, where this is, we're, we're watching and we're waiting. And like Joe says, we're the puppet masters, we're the dungeon masters right. behind the scenes. Do we want to stoke the fire? Do we want to add those additional clues? Or are we ready for the next big reveal or the next big crescendo as part of that mystery? So it's really new, it's really different, um, but fits so well with the spirit of Sea of Thieves. And this, the cool thing is that you've got this mystery ongoing while there is this rollout of adventures, there's this rollout of this grand story and it's on top of the existing seasons. So players are still getting that new content and those new experiences. They're still telling their own stories as part of this, but there's this grand narrative unfolding. And while all that's happening, you're watching islands for the latest clues. You're talking to characters, you're finding little Easter eggs that might point to the next big phase of the mystery. All of it is, you know, let's bring the world to life. Let's make the Sea of Thieves world feel dynamic and evolving. You know, games are more than just the mechanics. We want to make this feel like a lived-in pirate world where you can feel at the heart of that storytelling. Yeah. And it, it layers on top of, like, last year, like, you know, we, we introduced seasons at the start of the year. It feels forever ago, right? But it was literally just last January we introduced seasons. Yeah. And, and and that's been great and it's landed really well with our players and that we introduce new mechanics at the start of each one and there's you know there's new progression new rewards but this 
This is on top of that. So we're still going to continue to continue to do that, continue to release new features and evolve the world. But but this just it like it adds that heart, it adds that emotion, it adds that kind of just magic to the world, I think, um, with the world evolving as well, these adventures. And I think like in the in the kind of live service game space, right? Everyone's learning, everyone's trying new things, everyone's kind of figuring out what what is the best thing for their game and their audience and their players. Um, and for us and for Sea of Thieves, this feels so right. And it feels like it takes some of the best stuff that we've learned from early on in Sea of Thieves kind of history when we had our um, our first few updates. There was one, The Hungering Deep, where you first we first introduced the Megalodon and players kind of worked together to take it down. So many of our early community looked back on that with such fondness and such kind of love because they were there at that moment in time. Right, they remember right. it. It was a real moment, right? Um, and so this is what this approach is for is to create those memories, create those moments. And it's why these um, adventures are time limited because we want people and, you know, our community to remember it and, and be fond, but also help influence it and help kind of feel like they're, they're kind of helping shape Sea of Thieves history. I think that's coming. Mike says quite, quite often, right. But I think that's what yeah. we want players to feel. They're part of the history. They get to help shape it too. Yeah. And then the evidence of that history will stay in the world. So based on these world changes, based on these key events in the adventures and the mysteries, the landmarks, the battle scars, the the kind of these key Easter eggs, a lot of that stuff becomes part of the fabric of the world forever. So you as a member of the of our community can go, I was there when that shipwreck washed upon the island. I was there when that character met an untimely demise. It's all part of can we make our players feel like they're part of Sea of Thieves history? And yeah. I think we always say is the you know, it's so easy just to appeal to players' heads. Like come into the game, experience something, play, and we'll give you a unique reward. You're basically kind of going, have an experience, have a reward. Whereas with this, we want to go beyond that. We want to appeal to players' hearts, get them emotionally invested about the fate of their world. Uh, and some of these adventures allow players to choose the outcome. So another new thing for us is based on the collective actions of the community that will determine the outcome of the story. And that's a big responsibility for us because we'll then respect that choice uh, with the ongoing unfolding story. So there's there's lots of kind of thinking and, and kind of inspiration that has gone into this. Yeah. So there's a there's a choice, you know, not far away, right into these uh, into these adventures once they kind of kick off in in Feb. That players are going to have to choose, have to make choices, and and based on you know what they, that community chooses uh, as a whole, will kind of will influence where we go next that's really exciting too that's the first time we've relinquished that kind of a little bit of that control isn't it um it's great yes yeah that is all exciting giant smile on my face as i listen <laughs> oh, to you yeah. and i want you oh, to yeah. just to keep going because that's how much fun it is let's talk about <laughs> those adventures right of like the overarching story of the whole year and breaking it down per month right and having these different moments that the players are going to be at the heart of what was that like for you and the team to kind of create that story. I mean, last time we spoke, it was all about a pirate's life, right? The collaboration with Disney and Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean. Now yeah. you get to take it on on your own, which you've done that before, setting some lore, but now we're really pushing it. What was that like with the team coming back for a brand new year to say, hey, let's make this big story. What was the excitement? What were some of the ideas that were tossed around? I think, I think just from a team perspective, I think talking about these ideas, everybody just gets it right it just makes so much sense in our world and it's such a it's such a powerful thing to get excited about you know bringing story to a game like ours where you're already immersed in this pirate fantasy but constantly telling this ongoing story you know, the team are so passionate about this 
And it is, it's off the back of a pirate's life. I mean, that was a huge thing for us last year and all the kind of maturity around the tools that we've created and really, you know, determining what really works well in our world. Um, that's been wonderful coming off the back of that. But also, this is a big thing in our law. That, those events last year with Davy Jones and Jack Sparrow and the threat to the Sea of Thieves, this is, that's not that that didn't happen. This is after that in our timeline. Right. So that's a big part of the story that we'll tell with that unfolding narrative this year is through Davy Jones coming to our world, like the power that he wielded, the other characters in our world now want to attain that for themselves. And that's a big part of Captain Flameheart, who our players will know he's one of their kind of major bad guys. He's almost like the Darth Vader of the Sea of Thieves world. Um, he's got his sights set on controlling the pirate's life for himself, but it's because Davy Jones has showed him the way and now he's kind of following in his footsteps. So these mysteries, um, sorry, these adventures will take you across the Sea of Thieves world. They'll focus on specific characters, on specific locations, like our first one on that familiar outpost that our players love. It's no longer tropical. It's no longer this haven, this paradise in the shores of plenty. It's been taken over by this fog. And we want to keep people guessing about where it's going to go next. Um, get them get them emotionally invested. And then we're going to have twists and turns and reveals as we go. Um, so yeah, we've got this year, got this year planned out, but then those key pivot points of where we're not sure where the community is going to go with this, and that's going to really impact it. Yeah, and and all of the new mechanics that we bring in as part of our seasonal rhythm is all intertwined with this story, right? So the kind of why those things are coming to the world, why you're getting new new ways to play, new things to do, it's all kind of, it's all part of this ongoing uh, narrative. So what's coming in season six is, you know, the, there's reasons the the, the kind of sea forts are, are, have, have come up out of the kind of sea and stuff, and that's all tied into this ongoing story. So, and again, that's really just, that's really fun as well to go and weave all those things together, right, Mike? Yeah, no, no, yeah. I mean, a big thing for us was we should have storytelling in everything that we do whether that's adding new mechanics or new features, everything is part of a story in an immersive game like ours. So part of the, the benefit of really embracing this is that when we're adding new content and experiences, like in season six, our next season, where we've got these new Spanish colonial sea forts, these classic stone sea forts that you want to raid, you want to steal the treasure from within. You'd, you'd expect that in a pirate game, these kind of classic sea forts with cannons around them, little portcullis gates you can row inside and take all the treasure. Like the reason why, that, why those have appeared in the world will be explained as part of their story. So rather than just the mechanics being added because it's fun and it makes a lot of sense in their game, they're a key part of the story as well. So the way we like to think about it is those three pillars almost of the way we're going to service sea of thieves you know what makes our live service a live service for sea of thieves is that it's got seasons with new pirate content it's the adventures and the mysteries but collectively it's the sea of thieves main storyline that those three things together make up our main storyline but you haven't missed the best bits you're going to be part of it as it unfolds so yeah team team is passionate as always inspired um but yeah, it's it's a big undertaking for us. It's definitely new, um, but I think we feel confident because it's really a it's an evolution, and it's almost like it all takes all the lessons since our original launch. With as Joe said, the experiments with storytelling early on with the hunger in deep and people coming together to summon this megalodon and and take it down, and then onto our tall tales, and really the culmination of that with our Disney partnership last year, which was incredible. Um, this is really the next step for us of really making the live service 
something that makes sense in the Sea of Thieves world. So it's going to be great to to watch it unfold and see how people receive it. It's going to be awesome. So I, I, I have to say thank you to both of you because you're making our jobs a lot easier because you're answering <laughs> a lot of things without us even having to ask them. Like as an example, Seaforts, I wanted to bring that up because I hear Raid, I get excited. And uh, everything that you talked about so far uh, really you know, sounds like something me and my friends are going to want to jump in and do. But kind of going back into like, like you've talked about the history of Sea of Thieves and just where it was and where you're trying to go in, in the future. Like you, you brought up a pirate's life and, and the way that you described as we go into season six, that's something that happened, which has now inspired the events of what we're about to get into with these these adventures and mysteries moving forward. So that brings up, up two questions I have. The first one is the pirate's life as an example. Is this something that new players coming into the game, say six months from now, can still go back and, and enjoy and play and then pick up wherever the, the, the season is at that point with the adventures and mysteries. And then if you can also kind of talk about the, the new pirate legend voyages that, that you're bringing into the game and, and how you're going to handle replayable experiences, you know, with this being a live service game. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So with the adventures compared to previous tall tales, we're really, really leveraging the fact that they are time limited because that allows us mm -hmm. to, and if you think contrast it to the pirate's life experience it's a it's a much more private or private experience where it's kind of static it's an awesome right. cinematic thrill ride but it doesn't really it makes use of new locations where we really want to use the world as that storytelling device use mm -hmm. the world as a stage immerse people in the world changing shock them when things get taken away or when new things get added so part of the advantage of making I guess the adventure's time limited compared to previous stories is it's a real moment in time. Everyone's excited at the same time. Everyone's experiencing that story at the same time. And we can really push and be ambitious with how we change the world. Um, and sorry, what was your, what was your second question? Oh, the pirate legend. The pirate, yeah, yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Talking about the pirate legend stuff. And this is something the pirate legend experience is, is, is different. So the pirate legend experience is, Again, kind of building on our, you know, various experiments with story in our shared world. This is very much, it's got the spirit of a tall tale in that you've got characters, full voiced cutscenes, that same presentation quality where you feel you're on this epic cinematic adventure, but it's also fundamentally replayable. Um, so there's voyages in Sea of Thieves now where, you know, you play an X marks a spot voyage, you're going to go to a different island, you're going to dig up different types of treasures. So it kind of combines the spirit of the two, where every time you play as a pirate legend, you're having this epic story, but the way the story unfolds will be different each time. So you might get different puzzles, different mechanics, you might be sent to different islands. Um, so, like... Four years later, we we finally added pirate legend content, and we really wanted to to kind of do this new voyage justice. Uh, and and it and yeah. it comes it comes alongside um, an expansion to the pirate legend company. There's new rewards. We're expanding the reputation, but a new fundamental like core way to experience pirate legend. And I think what's I think will be exciting for players is it's an epic part of this unfolding narrative as well. Like the the kind of magical artifact that's at the center of it all is a big part of the unfolding narrative with the adventures and it's almost like this part of the story 
this is for pirate legends this is for you're going to be trusted as a pirate legend to have this next exclusive part of this narrative so yeah it's been been working on it for some time uh, but yeah mechanically it's it's kind of very different to what we've done before i want to take a little bit of time and talk about gameplay of course as we look forward to adventures and we talk about kind of that time limited time sensitive moment what can players expect? What kind of gameplay will we see? Will it be similar to what we experienced with the Pirate's Life Tall Tales? Will this be kind of broken out into different mission structures? What can we expect for each piece of this story and adventure that we play each and every month? Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, oh, awesome question. We can definitely um, ch a lot to chat about there, in, especially in terms of like how how long we want to, I guess, get people invested for. Because the the big thing is it's they are chapters in an ongoing story. So in terms of playtime, we want to respect players' time as well. We don't want to get people to grind these for hours right, and right. hours and hours and feel feel the pressure of, of the fact that they're available for a limited window. So it's really giving you a, a tight cinematic experience, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, you know, variable right. because there's a lot of lots of variables in the Sea of Thieves world and sailing around the world. But in terms of how cinematic they are, um, you know, you're going to be seeing a lot of elements that, you know, there's parallels with Tall Tales. They are much more cinematic. You've got characters talking to you. There's new music. Um, there's novel uses of mechanics in there. Um, as, as players have seen, the first adventure really focuses on Golden Sands and exploring Golden Sands and what's happened to that outpost and who's behind it all. And as part of it, you'll meet new characters in the Sea of Thieves world for the first time. So it's really going to give you that feel of being on a curated adventure. Um, a really kind of interesting, immersive adventure for, to play, for you to play. And every adventure that players take part in and they kind of finish that adventure, they get a little memento to say that I was there. I was part of this story. Right, so every, yeah. every adventure gets this little kind of memento, this little cosmetic to say that I was part of the story. Um, and, if, and if players miss an adventure... Um, the cool thing is that the adventure is still unfolding. We'll be having, you know, previously on Sea of Thieves, you'll be able to rewatch all our previous cinematic lore trailers on, on the main menu. You'll be able to catch up with the story. Um, but the fact that there's one every month means you can just jump on um, the kind of the latest release of the story. Um, and as I said there, every, every adventure has one of these cinematic lore trailers as well. And um, so we're really trying to get people in and excite them with these cinematic trailers. I want to touch on the mini raids and the forts really quick of course on gameplay wise as well kind of the thrill when we look over at the, the skeleton forts on the opposite side was that thrill of the risk reward will i go in there will somebody else show up you know you guys kind of said it a little bit differently during the preview that you all yeah. hosted a, a couple days ago when everybody's listening to this of it's going to be a little more intimate geared towards myself as a solo player or me and my squad do i still need to worry about others coming in is there going to be that push and pull battle? What what are the mini raids in Seaforts really going to feel like when I'm in the world compared to what I'm thinking now? Yeah, the the the, the existing fort experiences, like you mentioned there, the the skeleton forts where you have the the Sea of Thieves skull in the sky, kind of bringing everyone together mm -hmm. on the server. They are they're so popular. Um, they're one of our most popular world events. But you know, honestly, that the bar to entry is quite high. You know, the, the gameplay fundamentally is about pulling everyone together in that world and stoking cooperation and conflict. So the idea with the, the naval sea forts was to, to bring in a more accessible version of that experience where 
we're not broadcasting the fact that they're active and there's six of them in the world. So it's more likely that you're going to have that experience to yourself. It's still Sea of Thieves, so it's not a private instance. You could still have, you could still do it in an alliance with players that you've met in the server. You could still fight over a fort um, with PvP gameplay, but it's more likely that you're, you're going to have that experience to yourself. And it's not, it doesn't take, you know, 40 minutes to an hour like our existing forts. It's, it's a oh. like 10, 20, 10 to 20 minute experience okay. where the cannons open up as you're sailing in and you clear the cannons and you fight inside. You, you take down the last Spanish captain, you get the little key for the treasury and you get to load all the treasure on your, your rowboat or your ship. Um, but yeah, it's a really, really tight experience. And just, just a little, just popped in there, there, because this has gone down really well this week. It, it's been really interesting to, to one bet say has gone down well. So we've got this little change in the sea forts where you can literally open all the cupboard doors and all the drawers and the secret vaults behind paintings it's like you're it's like you're a thief in home alone just raiding all the rummaging through all the drawers and everyone just loves it it's such a simple thing but it really feels like i'm a no good pirate raiding a fort for its valuables and it just totally lives up to how you'd want to feel and it really gives you that classic pirate raid experience not just a raid experience so i think they're going to go down really well with their players and the reception so far with just architecturally how different they are the fact that we've we've got these classic stone forts that feel like they're they're straight from that era of the caribbean it's it's yeah. great to get them in there and, and honestly it's it's fascinating to just listen to mike and talk about both the, the pirate legend quests and this but you can just get a glimpse into the um the challenge of of making a game and and evolving a game like sea of thieves because there's there's so many different motivations, so many different play styles. Like you know, whether it's people who are aggressive, people who aren't, people who want to ally up, people who don't, people who are soloists, people who this like people who want to go and explore the world and sneak around and role play and kind of sit down and take photos. There's just so many different things, and so there's always gaps. There's always things we can go fill, right? And so the forts as they exist, you know, meet a certain kind of motivations, and that now this one is trying to meet more, and it's just it's genuinely fascinating because there's there's always a new thing, isn't there? There's always a new area we can go, or there's always a a bigger kind of thing we can go tackle and every time we're evolving with seasons we're always trying to do that we're always going right how do we yeah. take this game forward or how do we plug a gap or how do we you know give a completely new way to play it's like it's it's so fun and so fascinating just because and and there's everyone will always want more of the thing that they like yeah. right um yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well speaking along those lines <laughs> I, like, I walked straight into this one yeah yeah, yeah you did, you did. Yeah. You're, you're shutting down arena so yes. i'll kind of just open it back to you what was the thought process about that uh what, what were some of the reasonings that you decided to shut it down yeah so you know we we brought arena in i think april 2019 i think with our kind of first anniversary um yeah. uh, kind of update where we, we brought in a range of things right um back then i think tall tales came in fishing and um rowboats and a whole a whole host of things again lots of different motivations we, we kind of met at the time and and we really wanted to try and bring this competitive spin on arena you know reuse some of the cool mechanics we have and and, and give people this competitive experience on demand whilst also um, introducing a shorter session experience because i'm sure yourselves playing sea of thieves it's not something you can jump into for 20 minutes right you just it's a, like this the game is almost designed to distract you and pull you onto different um different threads and different things and and so you know we had these kind of twin goals for for arena and 
we were really proud of what we delivered and it felt really unique and really fun and um and we saw some initial kind of excitement around it but but as it settled down into our um just into our rhythm of how people engage with um with sea of thieves predominantly like our player time is spent um in adventure uh, and a very small percentage of that time is, is spent in arena and so pretty much consistently after that initial kind of burst of um of excitement um around when it first came in it's settled down to be about two percent of our playtime is, is spent in arena and we did go and revisit arena um like after that f first initial release we did kind of one more round of kind of revisions to it to try and kind of make it something that would potentially appeal to a broader audience potentially be easier to kind of access and still give that kind of competitive shorter session experience um unfortunately that didn't really land it didn't really hook it didn't really kind of change the um the position that the arena was in and so i think december 2020 we announced that we weren't going to be um kind of doing any further kind of evolving of the arena experience mm -hmm. um so you know we, we let our community know that but 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 kind of the, one of the challenges of having arena be basically so closely closely tied to adventure because it uses all of the same mechanics right like it's it's um it's kind of it's not a, a copy and paste and then it's different it's ultimately when we go and change the ship dynamics or we change anything that's kind of in there like it will have a knock-on effect and just the way that you know the, the way everything is engineered and so there has been an ongoing cost to continue bug fixing to continue kind of keeping it keeping it just sort of the same basically there is a cost to, to do that um and when we look at the, the stuff that we're trying to do with adventure when we look at all of this investment that we want to make and continuing to involve that and do do these adventures do the mysteries like we we, we were just looking at the cost of, of of what we were investing in arena right. versus kind of where our players were spending their time and and although like a super hard decision you know because obviously it's super hard to tell our players this and it's like to kind of talk talk everybody through this and, and to have made that decision talk publicly it's a it's a tough thing internally for us at the studio for everyone that worked on arena and having to kind of explain yeah. this internally at the team first of all um so it's, it's definitely not an easy decision um but kind of the the data kind of you know we have to look at that and we have to kind of go what is the best decision if we want sea of thieves to kind of to continue growing to continue to do the best thing that it can and to go invest where we're ultimately the vast majority of our players are, are, are kind of telling us by by where they're spending their time um and it's you know i think if we were to to kind of look back and i, I kind of said this in the the kind of longer post that, that, that we did i think going into this you know we were like hey we let we can go and we can create this cool competitive thing i think i think we underestimated um just how much of a kind of creative kind of time and effort and time you have to really have to focus on when you're creating something competitive, even though it's reusing a lot of the same mechanics um, at its core from adventure, the actual experience is so different. The motivation is so yeah. different. Yeah. You have to just, you know, that that kind of mind share that you would have to have to really go and make that kind of a standalone thing that that we can evolve and grow the same way that we're evolving adventure. It kind of just never grew to a size that would that, that we could justify taking that time and taking that mind share from across the team um, um, and to do it. And so it just kind of, like we were kind of left with the the only choice that I think we could make. Um, and, you know, we've tried to, tried to do it in a way that was um, kind of acknowledged the time that our players had spent there, um, you know, and that the real kind of, you know, we have a, a small but super passionate arena community, right? We really do. And we've seen that with the news that, that we shared. And we've seen their very passionate kind of response to this. Oh, you know, yeah. We've tried, but but we've, you know, like, I get it. I get it. Like, we totally get it. Um, yeah. But we've tried to 
you know, um, give them some 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 exclusive stuff for everyone that gets to level 50. They get the kind of good boy ship cosmetic, which will now be whenever you see that in adventure, that'll be you'll know that that was a sea dog level 50, you know, and we and we purposely make made that choice which again was has been controversial um like to to make the cutoff when we announced so that it wasn't something that people could then go and grind and get it was like no no we're we're recognizing you know the people that have spent that time that have been the kind of really dedicated players to that and you know and then some of our players who now want that cosmetic they can't it's like it's 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 always tough to make this make this kind of cool um but you know we've tried to consider everyone as much as possible we've tried to be as open as possible about it and um but but we totally understand that 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 there is disappointment and frustration in, when when we do something like that. But but we yeah, firmly I'm, do believe it's the right decision. Yeah, I mean, all that's completely fair in my opinion because you know tough decisions have to be made, and it sounds like for the greater good of the game to be able mm -hmm. to make these new experiences, you know, to keep this living world going, you know, you had to make this tough decision, and basically the metrics, the data told you that Arena didn't have the engagement that the rest of the game did, so completely understand, and I think the communication that you're putting out is key, which kind of just leads me kind of to my last thing I wanted to ask you guys about. Um, you're going to do a podcast, See a Thieves, so kind of talk about that and some of the motivations behind doing this podcast cool yeah yeah so we we have an ongoing podcast kind of series um mm -hmm. and i think we always said it'd be every six weeks but we're not the best at sticking right. to um to, right. to schedules and timelines um but uh but specifically this one that we're that we're planning to do i think it's february the 11th i think was, um i think was what we said was yeah, when that'll go out right. yeah um yeah i think that's right so this one specifically is about hot topics uh, in our community. So, you know, there have been some hot topics bubbling for a little while, um, and some for some for longer than a little while, with kind of some of the hit registration comeback kind of um, issues that we've had, um, and we've been kind of preparing to really be in a position where we can talk about those in detail. We can talk about what our plans are and like really what we're going to doing to address that. There's, you know, the hit reg is definitely kind of the top one uh, on the list. There's a there's a number of others that we want to go talk about. Some of the connection kind of um, service side issues that we've had where people lose a bit of progress and stuff and we've had to do compensation things like so really that you know we could have talked about it in that um um video uh, kind of the stream on thursday which was yesterday uh but we really wanted to go like let's go and give this the time that that it deserves let's speak to yeah. our and and speak to our core community who will be the kind of the type of audience that will go listen to a really long kind of uh, podcast that, that's ultimately talking about bugs right that's a that's the dedicated community um so so yeah so that's that's what that is for we'll we'll go into all the detail we can we'll answer any questions we can um and you know i think throughout sea of thieves being open being transparent with our community um has always kind of paid off and been a really positive thing for us and um i think definitely over the last year or so we stopped doing like weekly dev updates because we did those for ages but yeah. we stopped maybe yeah. a, was it a year ago maybe a bit longer um uh and so we we've lost a little bit of that kind of direct connection and that direct opportunity for tran for transparency um uh and so it, like this is us kind of paying that back i think that podcast is us like let's just go deep in it into this stuff and then you know try and get back into that rhythm of every six weeks like, <laughs> try. yeah that that yeah that that's tough so awesome the i think it's one thing we we it's been challenging in, in the last year but i think like having that close communication with their community and almost like there's no barrier in terms of between us and them just feeling like they can reach out to us and share in right. passions for the game and we can be 
as open as we can be about what's coming to the game without opening the Christmas presents early. Um, but yeah, that stuff that stuff is a, is a passion for so many of us on the team to just have that close relationship with with what is an incredible community. There's so much passion in the community, like fan creations and cosplay, and just how supportive and welcoming our community can be. So yeah, it's going to be good to have a more constant communication with them. It, honestly, we we feed off the energy and the kind of passion that everybody everybody gives us. Right? Like, and one of the like of of the many tough things of the last couple of years, but it's not been able to go to shows, right? Not being able to go and see and have that direct kind of connection with the community. Like, there's nothing that beats people telling you their stories, telling you why the game matters to them and what it's meant to them. And you know, we've we've obviously had that remotely over the last couple of years of what Sea of Thieves has meant as a game because it allows people to connect with their family mm -hmm. and their friends and and to kind of have that social space and stuff, which is again like that's humbling, right? In in in, in so many ways. So yeah, those, yeah. those stories that that the community, the players, and, like, and anytime tell, anyone sends you a mail or sends you a message or tags you in something and tells you a story, like, that just, that's that's why we do what we do, right? That's why you kind of do anything that's about entertaining people and, and giving them something like like games to escape into. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a privilege, right? Yeah. It's really special to hear, and it's, it's fun to hear your guys' passion and to talk about the evolution, the choices, the tough decisions as well. And, you know, as we look forward, you guys are energized as a team. Everybody's back for the brand new year. And it's fun to hear that enthusiasm and to share that with you. And I'm sure all of your fans out there, we look at the roadmap now. And I want to talk about a live service, right? You guys, we've been doing it since 2018. And yes, way before that as well. But your team has really been at the forefront of this in the gaming world, right? You guys have really been working hard on the live service aspect of video games. What has that been like for both of you? Do you guys feel like your team has really nailed it and have a good handle on what live service means in the gaming world? And of course, when we look at this roadmap, is there any, you know, are we nervous at all? Are we excited? What does that feel like to put out a big roadmap, just large on print and say, we're going to stamp this and do this this year? I think we, <laughs> think, yeah, there's so many ways to answer those questions. But like in terms of live service for Sea of Thieves, I think... As Joe said earlier, there's there's a lot of learning. We're, this is all of our first live service game. And, and with Sea of Thieves itself, the core of it, it's such a unique experience that I think stands apart out there. So how do you develop a live service that really takes the best of what Sea of Thieves represents? And I think purely from a content expect, um, perspective in terms of how much variety of experiences that we've added to the game a huge diverse range of whether it's world regions it's new types of quests it's new characters new tools i mean it really kind of runs the gamut of everything new systems um but i think with how rich the sandbox is now for us and it's reflected in the roadmap you've seen at 2022 is it's about all those things it's about new experiences that people haven't seen before in sea of thieves um but it's also a real focus on doing live service justice in Sea of Thieves. And live service is, is the buzzword, right? But what does that actually mean for a game like Sea of Thieves? And the idea that the world does exist off the screen, it's a world that you can just escape into. And that I think that rings so true for us now. It's with the year we've all lived through with the pandemic and how important it is to have these digital places to go hang out and spend time with your friends. And that is a... Sea of Thieves is so 
is so perfectly positioned for that kind of experience. The fact that you can just hang out with your friends and you can just do what you want to do. You could just spend time together, but really taking that idea to heart and weaving story into it and telling these episodic stories and making our world come to life. 2022 is, is more of this exciting new content and, and, and which is exciting for us because we're never going to run out of ideas for CFEs. We always want to do things differently, but making it so our world feels more alive and more dynamic than ever and people want to spend more time in it on a more consistent basis so it's yeah. it's but, mm-hmm. speaks the ambition that we have right we're we're more ambitious than ever yeah but to your, to your question of kind of like have we have we cracked it like you know have we are we like experts at life service like absolutely not um, <laughs> like, um <laughs> no but like and i don't think anyone ever is right because you're always learning always evolving i think and, I, and I'll, I'll tell you why I, I kind of say that in a second. But like, like the, the good news, I think, is for, for us and, and Sea of Thieves as a live service is that that every year we've grown in terms of kind of active players within that year. So not not just that number, like the 25 million plus kind of number that's gone up, because obviously that will always grow um, because that's our, that's our total people that have played Sea of Thieves. But, but every single year it's been bigger. So last year, 2021 was our biggest year yet, and that was 25% bigger than the year before. And then that was bigger than, than 2019. 19 and then bigger than 2018 so we're you know we're on this growth path so so obviously like we're doing something right and um and what's what's great about that is that we've always led with the kind of that player first like it's always been about the experience whatever we've learned whenever we've learned like what are we doing how are we evolving this what feedback are we getting we're always like okay cool what's the kind of next awesome player kind of focus thing we can go do to kind of do the next big thing for Sea of Thieves, like a Pirate's Life, right? Like that was an amazing opportunity for us to go do. And this year was like, how do we kind of improve that rhythm of live service? How do we give people things to do in between the launch of a season? Because we were seeing kind of a bit of a t- t- tail off after that initial buzz and people asking, could you give us stuff to do in the middle of the season? The live events we were doing weren't quite cutting it. So we're like, okay, how do we go and, you know, level it up? But then, yeah, when, when you say like, you know, have we cracked it and and... So one of the things like fresh from today, and Mike's probably going to know what I'm going to talk about here, actually, um, is that so obviously since we've come back at the the start of the year, we've had this focus on this announce on the 27th, right? And we've known that um, uh, it's been all about kind of we want to start talking about adventures. We want to start talking about mysteries. We obviously we want to be in a position to launch um, that. We want to be in a position to launch um, season six. We obviously knew we had to talk about arena and talk about that decision. And so we've been spending so much time like thinking about how do we tell that story? How do we talk? Um, how do we do that? How do we have a, a roadmap that shows kind of where we're going, but that has the right level of detail. So there's a bit of flexibility if we need it, but that also shows kind of where we're heading right? Um, as a team. So you know, last night we like we we did that. We kind of you know went out with all of that news and all of that kind of thing. And then today we got a bit of feedback from within within our team, our development team, which was kind of like, so that's really cool that you've gone and done all this and you've kind of shared this and stuff. And it's like, but you, I don't think you've done a good enough job taking the actual wider team and studio through all of these plans because. I was looking at that roadmap and going, oh, well, I know each of the teams that's working on each season. I know that they know this stuff and they're going to be fine with how we're describing it and they know that what they're doing. But what we hadn't done, and it's something that we were usually really good at doing, is kind of that big kind of all-hands presentation to the whole studio going, look, this is the, how everything comes together. This is how it's all a big kind of, this is our plan for the year ahead. So all of the individual teams kind of knew their pieces, but then we hadn't just kind of joined all the dots and done that thing. And so, you know, we've ultimately gone out and spoken to our community and, and like 
ahead of kind of doing that thing with our, our wider studio and stuff and like and that's absolutely the wrong one <laughs> like like you know we, because we should be exciting everyone about the year ahead making sure everybody knows how we're going to talk about it and stuff and so that, that everyone knew we were doing and announced we were doing this but yeah when we went out they were like yeah, it feels like some of that information should have been shared with us so you know I, I will be putting out an email monday morning to the to the whole team and and acknowledging that like we you know we we, we messed up there and i'm doing it here for anyone that's watching but um and so we'll go we're going to go put an all hands in we'll take everybody through that and we'll be kind of you know we go like hey yeah we got that wrong we were focused too much on the public side we were focused <clears> too much on talking to players um and that's just part of the the challenge i think maybe a bit of part of the challenge of working at home as well and not mm. kind of bumping into people and getting that connection and being so go heads heads down on this but so yeah, it's definitely not cracked it. You've always that that balance of how you're informing the team about what's going on and and stuff. We've been, I think, so focused on on the players and on how we're going to talk and how we're going to kind of share this information, especially the arena stuff. Honestly, um, that yeah, I think like you know we've kind of we were like oh yeah actually we could have done a better job of talking to our team first. So that's something that we learned just today. So there you go. That is really cool to hear, Joe. That's awesome. No, it, uh, is, it really is. Yeah, so I mean, something special we don't get to see all the time, right? On the opposite side of it all, you don't get to go and hear stuff like that. So that's great to share. Uh, as we start to ramp down our time with these two incredible gentlemen, Paris, I'll kick it over to you for any final questions before I ask, and then we can allow them to uh, share some really cool and promote some stuff before we're done. Not, not really a question, but since I wasn't on the the last interview, um, I, I from last year, I, I do have to say th thank you for a pirate's life. It, it, was, it was fantastic. <laughs> it was absolutely fantastic. It really was. It was something that I, I'm so happy that was a surprise for the overall community. It didn't leak. No one knew about it. So when it got announced during during the showcase, and then obviously came out over the summer, uh, just we all just had a blast playing it and. Uh, Absolutely seeing this new content that's coming out here in, in 2022, starting with season six, again, looks fantastic as well. This this game has come so far from when it originally launched to where it is now. It's almost unrecognizable to where you've taken it. And it really goes back to what you were saying before about, you know, what is a live service game? What is it that you, you have to do to keep your community engaged? And I mean, like you said, you, you've seen the growth path you, you've had over the past few years. You're absolutely on the right track. So again, again, thank you. I'm excited about Sea of Thieves. Heck yeah, Paris. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I have a Most fun good. one to end it because I definitely want to, I wanted to hype up the new enemy, which you know I'm very excited about. We talked about it with the Pirate's Life. It yeah. was so cool to see new enemy types in. But I was browsing Twitter today and I was having some fun looking up Sea of Thieves, preparing for it. And I came across a fun Twitter account over here. It's called Petition for Cr for Pet Crabs to be in Sea of Thieves. <laughs> and this uh, gentleman or lady uh, is on day 144 of my crusade to see pet crabs added into Sea of Thieves. They seem very excited about the murder mystery and adventures. And I know for one thing, I love my pet parrots. Uh, I have a blue macaw that I call Courage. And my, my blue jay, as I like to say. Nice. Uh, what We see this call out for pet crabs. Any conversation about new pets? What's that like? And has there been anything like a funny animal like that, like a pet crab ever brought up in a meeting? 
lots of lots of <laughs> unexpected creatures brought up in a meeting that could be pets and lots of very interesting concept art that will remain under wraps but okay. I, I have i have seen that twitter account it did make me chuckle um i think we're not helping it by putting the little little shelly the crab who yes. appears in all of our cinematic trailers so we're we're kind of baiting people by uh by putting her in there but she's uh she's really popular and uh i did try and kill her off at one point um, as Joe keeps reminding me, but uh, yeah, Mike, Mike was gonna was Mike was gonna kill the crab in in a pirate's life, but he managed to get pulled back by the uh, pulled back oh. by the team, didn't you? Could still could still happen. Maybe that's the murder mystery. <laughs> could still happen. It was awful as well. The way the way that the way that she would have gone was awful. Like, it really was. Like Mike's told me that story, and it's like that. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell that story really quickly. But if you remember, obviously, I'm sure you both you've played a Paris Life. An exclusive. This is this is an exclusive. It's a great way to end it. So uh, the castaway character who'd come to the Sea of Thieves world, who introduces all your pirates' life tales. Um, she performs a lot of magical rituals as part of transporting you to the to the Sea of the Damned. And in one, she in the second tale, she kind of taps a shell. And a little kind of grub falls out and she eats it. That was meant to be Shelly. She was meant to come out of the shell and she was going to eat her and just crunch her in her mouth right in front of you. And Wow. Which I thought was a, what a wonderful way to go. Right. You're, not, you're not only dying, you're being killed by the castaway. This big part of this Disney collaboration, but the team were like, I'm not even exaggerating, they were horrified <laughs> utterly disgusted and horrified and i was like oh okay um we'll just make a, a kind of maggoty grub instead oh yeah that's fine that's not disgusting but apparently killing <laughs> killing shelly was disgusting but but yeah maybe i learned my lesson there but well you thanks team out there for holding them back <laughs> that's awesome and that's a great story right there to end it on of course i want to kick it to both of you we're celebrating a brand new year we're coming hot off of an incredible 2021 with both of you and that incredible team over there across the pond. And we want to celebrate you. We want to hype you all up. But you have some fun stuff for us as players to get ready for. So let's go around the room. Mike and Joe, what can we expect? When can we expect it? What things are you most excited for that players should be on the eye out before you leave? Yeah, so big thing coming up towards the end of our current season, season five, is that very first adventure. So that goes live on February 17th, um, that first adventure kicking off, and then season six, which includes the the new naval sea forts around the world, and during season six, the new Pirate Legend exclusive replayable voyage and the new rewards and the level cap increase, that, that goes live on March the 10th on season six. And then from then on, the ongoing mysteries and adventures. So yeah, I think I can't choose between the mystery season seven or the mystery season eight headline, of which, both of which are going to be big and are going to really, I think, excite um, a lot of our players. Um, so yeah, both of those are like, honestly super exciting and we purposely have been a bit teasy so we can surprise and delight when, when we get to that. But As always. Can, I, can I just say one, one other thing? Sorry, I just, like, I, like, I just wanted to say thanks to our team actually for like, you know, the, the incredible work over obviously over the entire duration of, of Sea of Thieves, but especially the last couple of years during kind of what has been unprecedented times, right? And to to look back at, at what, what the, the the entire team has managed to achieve, what they've managed to deliver. And and again, heading into this year now, like, um, you know, it's been a 
privilege to work at Rare and to be part of that team and to witness everybody just kind of firing on on all available cylinders even during this kind of time and and how everyone supported each other as well during it and the culture of the, of our studio and stuff i think it's um um yeah it's just wanted to say thanks to everybody like i think they've done an just incredible job and, and uh, i know they'll continue to do so so that's a great way to end it mike it and is. joe from rare you two rock your team rocks thank you so much for being on the kind of funny x cast to share the big preview and the excitement for 2022 the biggest year yet of see if thieves players get ready to set sail and go have some fun with that we're going to kick it to a quick moment of commercial breaks and we'll say goodbye to these two there are a ton of worthwhile goals to set for yourself this year, and personally, learning a new language with Babbel is at the top of my list. Babbel is the addictively fun, fast, and easy language learning app that has sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Greg, and as you know, I'm in love with a French Canadian named Jean-Vierre Saint-Ange. And uh, Jen, of course, uh, first language is French. She learned English later on, and I've been trying to learn French, but I keep falling off. I've got Babbel on my phone. I'm ready to do it in 2022. Other language learning apps use AI for their lessons plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. You can choose from 14 different languages like Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. I could probably use that for English. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use the promo code KINDAFUNNY, all one word. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com, code KINDAFUNNY, Babbel, language for life. When it comes to getting a good night's sleep, there's only one thing you need a good mattress. Forget all those gimmicks like mattress toppers and weighted blankets. If your mattress is terrible, your sleep is going to be terrible. So get the only thing you truly need, a purple mattress. Only purple mattresses have the gel flex grid. It's a super stretchy, ultra squishy material that adapts and flexes around pressure points and doesn't retain heat. How do I know? Well, I talked to a young man named Timothy Geddes and Timothy swears by the purple pillow. Then on top of that, he used to have a roommate named Joey Noel who swore by her purple mattress. That's right. Kind of funny sleeping all over this purple stuff and loving every minute of it. Uh, getting a great night's sleep starts with having a great mattress. Get a purple mattress. Go to purple.com slash kindoffunny and use the code kindoffunny. For a limited time, you can get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash kindoffunny. Code kindoffunny for 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash kindoffunny. Promo code kindoffunny. Terms apply. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's your guy, Snowbike Mike, after that short ad break. Of course, we've had a little bit of a set change. We've said goodbye to some awesome faces, and we've said hello to a new face over here, Mr. Barrett Courtney, our producer running the ones and twos here at Kind of Funny. And Barrett, I'll get to you in just a moment. I want to take a second and say thank you to everybody listening and watching. And most importantly, thank you to the team over at Xbox and Rare for having Joe and Mike come join myself in Paris today to talk about the 2022 plans for Sea of Thieves. I hope you really enjoyed that. And one thing, Barrett, as we start to roll into this back half of the episode, my biggest takeaway is how much fun that is, right? To listen to those two share their passion and their team oh, yeah. passion for what they create. And it's like a really cool moment being on this side to hear that side and like behind the scenes of what that's like. I, I think it is 
a really memorable and eye-opening moment that I really enjoyed. Yeah, 100%. As someone who has only touched Sea of Thieves a handful of times at this point, mm. right? And one of those times being the the Pirate's Life stuff with with y'all on stream, which was, like, really, really fun. Um, I was I was engaged that entire time listening to them yeah. and, and talk about, you know, what, what their team has been kind of planning uh, for this year and how they want to kind of evolve with their, their kind of uh, live service content, which is really, really cool. Um, and it, it, it really grabbed my attention of like, hmm, is it time? Is it time? Does it, is it time? Um, yeah. See? Mike? It, it's really exciting, Bear, because, you know, Rare is such a name, right? It has a lot of gravitas, especially here at Kind of Funny, you, me, and Blessing, kind of being rare kids as we grow up, right? And like to think back of, those titles and those memories and then you think of today and everybody always asks like where's banjo i yell where's conquers right and we talk about all these titles but it is really cool to sit down with mike and joe right and sure they're just one piece of the rare team but like to hear their passion and be like this is our vision this is our game and we're going to do this right it never seems like oh we're deviating from this or that and we're going to go do this for all the fans it's like no we're committed to see a thieves it is really really cool because there's so much history and baggage with that name right that when you hear them talk it doesn't seem like oh we're going to give up on this tomorrow we're going somewhere else we're we're doing this and i really appreciate and like that a lot because yeah. we ask it all the time and i know paris asks about banjo every day but it doesn't feel like that at all ever. yeah and, and and it's one of those things as someone i feel like who was when did sea of thieves originally come out right that was 2018 that was, was the initial launch. That yep. That's not right, right? It feels so much longer than that. That's wild. Um, when, you know, they had been acquired by Xbox for a while, and it was just one of those things, like, one of their first kind of big things in a long time was Sea of Thieves, right? Hold on. I'm trying to look at their history here. So, like, yeah, it was 2018 was Sea of Thieves. 2015 was Rare Replay. And, like, kind of just, like, smaller things. Like, they did Killer Instinct, and, you know, we got... We, do, we don't talk about Banjo-Kazooie, Nuts and Bolts, and, you know, other <laughs> other things of, like, what they had been doing since their acquisition, like, in the early 2000s, right? And it was, like, when they announced Sea of Thieves, it was, like, it felt so not rare at the time, right? It was just, like, what... Why are they doing this? What is their end goal with this kind of wannabe live-service Pirates game? And to see where they're at now and, like, again, to, to hear the, the passion um, and just the excitement that they have for it, it's, like, I can't imagine them doing anything else right now, which is, like, a weird yeah. thing that, like, I wouldn't have imagined saying that four years ago, but here we are, Mike. It, it was really cool. So thank you to that team for joining us and sharing the fun. And that was just something I'm coming hot off of that and I'm smiling, right? I'm looking at the camera you could see and I know you were engaged, like you said, of, like, I mean, that was just fun to hear them talk about that and to share all of that, which is really special. So I hope all of you out there enjoyed it. And if you didn't enjoy it, don't worry. I'm about to run you through the news that you need to know about here in the Xbox world. Me and CEO Junior, Mr. Barrett Courtney, got a couple of minutes here to talk about what you need to know from the Xbox world. And Barrett, the first thing you need to know is Halo and Forza Horizon 5 are celebrating big numbers. This week, Satya Nadella shared over on an earnings call that Halo has been played by over 20 million players and Forza Horizon 5 by 18 million players. Wow. So really special. And it's an interesting one that I wanted to pose the question to Gary and Paris, but they're not here. But uh, you and I can talk about it of like, 
you know, we talk about played as opposed to sales, right? And we're mm. kind of really tying that in with Game Pass, right? Of like both these games probably really benefited from Game Pass. And of course, all of the video game industry really benefited from COVID, you know, not COVID-19, but we all understand the global pandemic of everybody sitting at home playing games, right? That boost of everybody wanting to do something. You see these big numbers, Baird, and actually they said this was the biggest Halo launch ever, which is wild to think about, right? Halo's a story franchise. This is the biggest one. You know, what do you think about that? Is it people sitting at home wanting more? Is it, you know, the thanks to Game Pass where you're not buying that? Is it the free-to-play on everything for Halo Infinite? What do you think is driving that 20 million players so high? I'm going to say, and this is going to be a controversial take. On Give the me X-Cast. the controversial take. Let's talk about it. Game Pass. <laughs> I think it's, it's, game, okay, it's Game yeah. Pass. Yeah. Um, it, more so than I think the other factors because, uh, and again, because everything feels like a uh, flat circle now when it comes to time, right? Game Pass launched in 2017. And the last big Halo game we had was five, right? Which came 2016, out. I think. Yeah, I think it, was it was like before a, anything like that. So right. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, but there are a lot of people who are still like have to go out and work now. Uh, and I, I feel like we've seen that in like the last six months. Right. It's not the same as it was in 2020, where you know for a long time all of us were just sitting at home. A lot of people playing Animal Crossing. Uh, because there is nothing else to do. Um, and so because we're finding ourselves in like this weird hybrid of, of, of normalcy and then, you know, uh, you know, where we were at in 2020 in the early parts of the pandemic, um, I do think people are not staying at, at home as often to know go out and do things uh, to, you know, live their lives, right? And so I, I do think right now Game Pass was probably the biggest benefactor to both the success of Halo and Forza. Um, those are wild numbers. And, uh, like, to see them so close together as well mm. and uh, in player numbers, especially with, like, how closely they launch to each other as well. I yeah. think that's just, like, because of the easy access to, hey, uh, you know, just if you if you have Game Pass, maybe you got it for a $5 discount for three months or whatever. Uh, they always do crazy sales for that, right? And it's just like, oh, the two biggest Xbox franchises just launched in their day and date with Game Pass. Like, I'll go check that out. Like, I checked it out, right? I checked out both of those games, uh, mm-hmm. not having been a, a major Halo guy since uh, Halo Reach and only kind of playing Forza here and there in the past. And so, like, for me to get into those games because of the ease of just like, oh, yeah, I can just load it up on Game Pass. Easy, easy peasy. Um, I think a lot of people are in that same headspace of, yeah, let's at, at least try it out. Play a couple hours, see see if this vibes with us, right? And so I, I think that that allure of having two major Xbox first parties launch on Game Pass day and date <clears throat> for the first time, and it feels like a while. Like I feel like the last like super big one of the storied Xbox franchises was probably like I wouldn't even say like flight sim right like i would i would go even further to you have to go back to like gears five yeah right and like and gears five didn't i don't think had the same pop because you know uh you know it was a couple years after gears four and and stuff like that and i just think the excitement of not having halo and forza for a, a little bit as well kind of played into that yeah it's really cool you know i know we talk about game pass and it is still nice 
to see these titles on those MPD charts, right? Like, it's not like these games have fallen off the charts. They're still very much on that when they release and still selling well. And we see that over on the Steam sales as well. We just talked with the Sea of Thieves team. We've sold 5 million copies on Steam. This is a game that's been out for four years and is on Game Pass, you know? But people still buy these games over on the PC side. And it is a really cool mix of Game Pass sales being on so many platforms as well, right? PC on the cloud, on your console. Like there's a lot of ways to play and get people involved. And Halo's approach as well of having that free-to-play multiplayer really think I I think drove up that number really high. And it's awesome to see Forza Horizon, which it's funny, you and I, we've talked about it with the team, how great that game is. We've talked about how IGN gave a game of the year. We've talked about how racing games are, you know, a niche market here, but it's still 18 million players. People wanted to jump in and give it a try, which is really awesome to see. So uh, some great numbers. Congratulations to the teams over there for celebrating a good end of the year. But let's keep it moving because we've got a cool one here. Over from the Xbox Era podcast, Special Nick has teased something that you might want to know about and guess on. He says there's another Xbox franchise getting the Master Chief Collection style treatment. Now, he didn't want to say what, but he says he does know it in their latest podcast. It was a very good podcast. Shout out to Special Nick over there with the crew of Xbox Era. But he, you know, he didn't give any hints. He didn't give any teases, but he let the community talk. And of course, it was went wild on Twitter over there on social media. Barrett, I want to pose the question to you and our best friends around the globe. What Microsoft, Microsoft franchise should get the next Master Chief Collection style treatment where everything is bundled into one big package? Of course, Ooh. the easy ones to go with right now are Gears and Fable, right? So we'll right. talk about both of those because those are the easiest, biggest. And, you know, when you look at Gears, Gears is still happening. On the flip side, Fable is the next big up-and-coming thing from Playground. Could be a nice little package to get Fable 1 through 3 in, right? But what other games could you think of that could be packaged like this? And so I'll let you think about that, uh, I'd love to know if you have any thoughts besides the the two big ones. I'm gonna call them the big yeah, two because those like are the those easy are the, ones. I think those are the easy answers, and it's probably one of those two is Gears of War or Fable, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm looking at a list of uh, now of like specifically IP under the Xbox Game Studios, not considering Bethesda. Oh, uh, see, I think Activision, that's where you Blizzard you could like I that. think you could elevate it to Bethesda. Okay. You know, okay. it's like they're part of the team now, right? I Bethesda, mean, Activision. Do you do something like that? Probably not because they're so new, but like I, yeah. I could see maybe Bethesda, you know, probably not. I Activision. could also, you know, we've got the what is it? The new per, BJ Bernardo in the chat just put uh, brought it up that uh, I was just thinking about the new Perfect Dark, Dark game Perfect coming Dark. out in yep. a, whenever it's going to come out in the next mm-hmm. probably three, four years. Right. Um, could we see that get a, a major kind of rework for both Perfect Dark and Perfect Dark Zero? I don't know if there's any other games in that franchise. If there are, oh, those are the those two. Those, and, yeah, <laughs> and so you could go th- that way. But I, I wonder if those games are too far back to do something just like a uh, Master Chief Collection, which felt like just uh, simple kind of like uh, it was like you you could play the original versions, but then there was also like up-res assets and stuff like that uh, for the for the collection. So I don't know if that's like a lot of work to do for games that came out in the N sixty four slash GameCube, right? Um, I feel like Fable and Gears of War are probably the the more simple answers when it comes to that. I wonder 
what the motivation behind Gears of War would be. Like, are we ramping up to another big chapter? Because, like, I would say, like, Fable might be more likely just because we know that we're going to get another Fable game mm-hmm. sometime in the next uh, few years, right? I'm not as familiar with, like, what's going on in Gears of War and, like, how the most recent one ended and, like, if, if it's realistic that we're going to be getting another one in the next, like, couple of years to build something up to, right? Um, my hopes and dreams, right, Mike, is that, you know, again, this is a dumb one, uh, but let me be dumb is, uh, you know, there's Activision, right? We just got them. Just give me all the Guitar Heroes again. I definitely oh, don't have those yeah. classic guitars anymore, but I'll, I'll find them. Go buy one. I'll buy you know a, God, I'll find a goddamn way. Uh, but looking at Bethesda, which is much more realistic of, like, something that they're looking to work on right now, right? Because the Activision mm-hmm. Blizzard stuff, that's still going to be going through for the next year. We're probably not going to see any major shakeups with uh, them controlling the Activision IP for another uh, year or two at least, right? And so, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, there's nothing here that really screams right? to me. There's nothing I mean, you, you look at Fallout, you look at Elder Scrolls, but then I think to myself, do those need the Master Chief co- commitment right. or collection because they're big, massive open world games? So now you're just giving me a package with three or four just massive open world games. That's like just so much time, right? And that, I don't think that's what the collection should be. Those can be standalone. Then you look over at Wolfenstein and Doom, right, yeah. inside of the Bethesda ones. And like, yeah, we've had a resurgence of Wolfensteins and Dooms. Could you package those it, they just don't I, quite I, 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 feel yeah, right. Yeah, and, and they feel too, like, Wolfenstein, I could see, like, maybe giving the first Wolfenstein a little bit of a touch-up, but, like, Wolfenstein mm-hmm. 2 just came out, like, what was that, like, 2018 or whatever? Like, that's been, it's only been, like, four or five years since the second one. Um, and you have all the add-ons. You have Youngblood yeah. as well. You'd put into that package. Oh, we don't talk about Youngblood. It's, see, it's okay. I think for me, Bear, what I go back to is I go to Gears, right? I really yeah. like Fable, and I think Fable is an easy number two. But I go to Gears because I think the big one for the Master Chief Collection in particular was bringing the multiplayer together under one roof to get that player base in one location and playing those games. And I think that's why Gears is an easy front runner. We know the Coalition is working on another Gears. It's perfect to get Gears 1 through 5 and I'm um, spacing on the, the one standoff game. It will come to me eventually with uh, Baird and all that. But... I think the multiplayer is the big factor here, right? And I think it would be cool to have Gears of War, the collection, right? Because you bring all the stories together, but then maybe they allow us to go through some of the older multiplayer titles and the maps that we love from those generations. And all right? under and I think, one roof, right? Yeah, right and that was the special part sense. about the Master Chief Collection is because you brought me back there. I just, the Fable Collection, right? It sounds cool to me, but that's just a massive single-player collection, right? And it just right. doesn't work for me when I put it up next to Master Chief that I think I just keep driving towards that multiplayer was so special to me there. That makes sense. But something to keep an eye out there for uh, Special Nick with the T's uh, says he knows what it is, so it's kind of exciting, and we'll see that maybe uh, in the next year or two. You never know. But let's keep it going with some interesting ones here, Barrett. We got two new games coming to the Xbox universe, all right? So the first one coming from Blizzard Entertainment They're creating a brand new IP. So I'm going to read this directly from the Blizzard News Network right now. It says, Blizzard is embarking on our new quest. We're going on a journey to a whole new universe, home to a brand new survival game 
for PC and console, a place full of heroes we have yet to meet, stories yet to be told, and adventures yet to be lived, a vast realm of possibility waiting to be explored. It goes on, they're also now looking for people to come in and fill these roles for this brand new team. But Baird, this is something that excites me because I am a Blizzard kid, right? I grew up with the Blizzard titles. I love the worlds that they've created. And it is really exciting to see them build a new IP, right? We haven't seen new IP since Overwatch. And when you think of Blizzard, you kind of think of the mainstays, right? Either into StarCraft, you love Warcraft, or you got Overwatch now, right? And, that, and then there's Diablo as well. But like, those are the mainstays you always think of. It is cool to see that this team now uh, reigniting the flame of a new IP, kind of exciting there, and a survival game of that. And those are kind of getting their kind of comeuppance right now from Velheim to Icarus we've played and many more in between. Does this excite you seeing Blizzard with a new IP? No. <laughs> it no. Is, I'm not a Blizzard kid, so that that mm -hmm. is like the, the the one thing where I'm like, it. That's cool. Like uh, you do you. Um, yeah. You know, we'll we'll see how this uh, kind of shakes out for y'all because I imagine this is just a, a a whiteboard right now. This game is just a whiteboard right now. Mm -hmm. Just ideas. Yep. So it's just like very early on uh, of like whatever it's gonna be. Uh, maybe it'll kind of like uh, interest me for a little bit, like Overwatch did, where I I played a little bit of Overwatch and you know my wife who is not a big gamer, she got into Overwatch because everybody was playing Overwatch and she played. Starcraft back in the day and so she was like oh I know I know those Blizzard folk like I'm gonna check out this game and stuff like that mm -hmm. so maybe this is something else that'll uh pique her interest or, or, or something like that um but yeah that's cool I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with a survival game and mm -hmm. you know by the time this game comes out in seven years um is that still going to be relevant and is that still going to be something that people are going to want is like a um, I assume a uh, multiplayer survival experience. We'll, mm -hmm. we'll have to see. Yeah, I'm really excited because they put PC and console, right? And yeah. growing up as a Blizzard kid, it's always been PC, right? right? We've branched into console as of late, but it has always been PC. So it is really cool to see them be like, hey, we're going to commit to both of these. And another one that I think of when we think of survival games I see a lot of survival games go early access on Steam or Xbox Game Preview, right? And I think this will be a cool one of like, you know, you put out the number of like seven years, right? It does feel like this is on a whiteboard. It's going to be a long time from now. But I always feel like with these survival games, it is kind of cooler of like, these games tend to be the first ones to go to those early access and have a longer lifespan, an earlier lifespan than maybe it was supposed to have, right? Because they want to test it out. They want to try it out and change as it goes. I wonder how soon we will get that because of that feature. Will they take advantage of that and be like, hey, you know, this is super early, but it's on game, you know, preview, check yeah. it out right now. Kind of like, a, stuff, yeah, you know? yeah, you know, like Hades and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Plenty of successful games have launched early access to, you know, have the community help them and, and guide them in, in ways that uh, they see fit. So, yeah, we could oh. see it. Uh, our final story and uh, another cool one coming to Xbox. we got a special Xbox exclusive coming from Certain Affinity, uh, a big-time studio that's usually known for their support. So let's jump in from Windows Central, our buddy Jez Corden, friend of the show from the Xbox Two podcast as well, one of my favorites out there. He says, Microsoft is working on a range of third parties on titles like Project Dragon from IO Interactive, As Dust Falls from Interior Night, and Contraband from Avalanche. Thanks to the latest episode of Jeff Grubb's Grub Snack Show, we now 
have unearthed yet another game. I can't confirm via our own separate sources that this game is indeed real and is currently codenamed Project Suerte. Suerte is reportedly a, quote, monster hunter, end quote, inspired game, implying big monster battles with multiplayer gameplay. The game is in development by Certain Affinity, which is known primarily as a support studio on titles like Halo and Call of Duty. According to the information I've received over the last few months, Project Suerte has been in development since the summer of 2020 and is likely slated for 2023 reveal and a 2024 release, although it may come a bit sooner or later, depending on the variables that often come with game development. Barrett, another cool one, a, a third-party partnership as we mm, talk about, mm. right? And we've talked a lot about Project Dragon and other teams like Contraband and Avalanche. What does this get you excited for? Because Mike, Certain Affinity known for being support I'm, I'm I'm excited to show, uh, reveal exclusive gameplay footage of this oh. Monster Hunter Xbox game. Oh my it's God. called Scalebound. It was canceled a few years ago. Barrett. Uh, <laughs> It's, I'm sorry. It's all I can think about when Xbox says that they're, or, you know, it's rumored that Xbox is going to try to make a, a Monster Hunter like is, you know, this this game that so many people bought Xbox ones for, like uh, our very own Blessing Addio Jr. Uh, because of how cool this game was. And then it just never really saw the light of day. So I'll be interested. I'm, I'm always excited for a, a new kind of Xbox IP uh, to, to dive into and, and see if it, it clicks with me. And so I'm I'm excited to see like if they're confident in this uh you know reveal next year and uh the game in two years like I'm 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 excited. Also, really quick, uh, it's really weird that this guy also just kind of looks like the main character in the new Final Fantasy game coming out in like a month oh. or two. Very oh, weird. Oh. I just kind of noticed yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Um, anyways, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited a... for a new IP. Barrett has stuck the knife deep in my Xbox gamer heart because, yes, Scalebound was near and dear to all of our hearts, and we all wanted it really bad. But it is exciting because I do really enjoy Monster Hunter World. It was one of my favorite games when it was on Game Pass. It was a great time with friends, right? And it is still one of my favorite games around to play. And I did like Dauntless as well when Dauntless came out. And I think it's really cool to see these multiplayer games where you can come together. We just talked with the Sea of Thieves teams, right, where you can spend nights together with your friends in the world that we currently live in. And I think this is one of those untapped games that Xbox could put under the umbrella, right, of like a Monster Hunter-type game in the multiplayer world, which is exciting. And I do really appreciate the work that Certain Affinity has done for me as a gamer. A lot of Halo map packs, thanks to them. A lot of great support on many games that I know and love. And so it will be really cool to see this team get to flex that and like create their own and make this IP, which I'm really excited for. So we'll keep an eye out for that. But thank you to Jazz and Jeff Grubb out there for uh, spilling the beans and getting us excited for yet again another cool third-party partnership. Shout out to Xbox Jeff Grubb, uh, who is in the, the live chat right now, who booed my, uh, my scale bound joke, which I Jeff Grubb gets it. Jeff Grubb, my homie, he's the <laughs> best. But uh, with that, that's going to end today's show. I do have a quick heads up for you. For all you Halo fans out there, guess what? This Sunday, during the AFC Championship game on Sunday night, there will be the premiere trailer for Halo, the TV series. So if you are jacked up to see Master Chief and all of the Halo goodness up on the big screen, guess what? You can check out the brand new trailer this Sunday 
during that big football game. So don't miss out on the fun. And we'll be live reacting to it uh, yes. Monday morning. So uh, look for a, a good old kind of funny live reactions, uh, I think, featuring yourself, Michael, and yep. maybe one Timothy Jay Gettysburg and maybe one Andy Cortez. And with that, thank you to everybody for hanging out with us and having fun on the Kind of Funny X-Cast. This has been your episode for the week. Big thank you to the team over at Rare, Joe Neat, and Mike Chapman joining us to talk all things Sea of Thieves 2022. With that, we'll see you next week, gamers. Have a great one. Be good to one another and play a bunch of video games. Peace.